I, I don't know if you want to use this for the, the pre-roll or something, but I would like to point out the way in which um, Holmes in this episode proves Jim right in the final closing minutes about his narcissism and need to talk about people invading him sexually. <laughs> no, I don't! He absolutely does. He absolutely does. When, when, well, listeners, when if that's not tantalized you, I don't know what will. You're uh, going to have to listen to the rest of the show to find out how Jonathan Holmes proves me right. Exciting. No, I didn't! <laughs> Next week. Oh, absolutely. We'll launch a tirade uh, that will make the very gods shake in fear on their impoverished thrones. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm 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 all right. I'm I'm tired. Mm. Uh, not been late nights. Been playing the video games so I can write about the video games. Uh, been playing Hokdoshinken. What? What's that? Oh, <laughs> Fist of the North Star. Oh, that! Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Ken's Rage too. Um, they didn't bother this time putting in British uh, dubbing, uh-huh. uh, so it's all Japanese, and well, it's expensive, and it's know. a lot of people just shouting Hokdoshinken at each other. And now I've started doing it, just force of habit. Hokdoshinken. Oh. <laughs> Um, that's all that, that's, that's really all Fist of the North Star dialogue is. It's just, Hokutoshinken, and then nothing else. And then some heads blow up, and then everyone's happy about it. Um, not good game. Not a good game. Not good? Hoping to you do like the, the other one. I love the other one. Great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. this is that again. But worse. Uh, like, people give Dynasty Warriors shit for being the same game over and over, but if you're a fan of the series like myself, you know, it's kind of like a Madden thing, like a sports game thing. You can see the roster updates, you can see the new systems they've put in that, to a casual observer, they're not going to see. You know, mm-hmm. they're just going to see, you know, a, a video of this, a video of that, and assume it's the same game when, you know, there are differences. Um, but I also fully admit I, I i like omega force they're the guys that do these games you know but i will admit they can get fucking lazy and cut corners um but even by their low standards this is bad uh, this oh it's i mean i'm i'm talking the actual same game like they unlike dinosaurs they didn't really bother redesigning the characters much they've still got the same moves they had um all the same boss fights again what from the last one but Just the same bosses but less good. Like, they took, like, features out of the boss fights that were in the first one. But it's still the same fight. Like, the same enemies, the same environments, the same moves. No way. But they took shit out. Uh, the only real different thing in is they've thrown in a, a few new characters to play. But even they, a lot of them were, like, NPCs in the last game. And so they still had all the same moves and everything. It's really lazy. Like, really bad. It sounds, uh... Well, first, I have so much to say about what you've said already, Jim. That's how you are. You inspire me. You get me wanting to talk. Give me ideas. It's, uh... the You are an expert on Dynasty Warriors. And people will sometimes say, Oh, you just love Dynasty Warriors. That's why you gave it a good score. Uh, not because it's a good game. But that's the exact... Uh, they're exactly wrong. 
they're completely wrong. Because an expert on Dynasty Warriors would be able to tell when a Dynasty Warriors game is doing its job properly or not. So you are the person they should go to for respect. They should be respecting your opinion on these things. Same with Dale North. Dale North will be like, oh, I reviewed a JRPG. And people will be like, oh, you just like our JRPGs. Therefore, you shouldn't review them. Exactly wrong, guys. That's why Dale North should be reviewing them. Because when they suck, he knows why. Because he's so uh, into the genre and also uh, an expert on the genre. And you are an expert on uh, Fist of the North Star, too. I once animated you going to a bobo. You remember when I did that? I do remember that. That was, that was fun. fun. That was I a good agree. laugh. That was a good time I had. What was that for? That was for the Destructoid show, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. You had a segment on the Destructoid show for a little bit where you did roundups of the reviews. And yeah. I, made, I made a little intro yeah. for you. But it's interesting what you said because you get it from both ends. There's really no getting out of it. Like, if you are a fan of JRPGs like Dale and you give a game a good score... Um, they'll say, oh, well, you just love JRPGs. Of course you gave it a good score. But then when you give one a bad score, they assume it's because you hate the genre. And they say, oh, well, you hate JRPGs. Of course you'd give it a bad score. It's, it's, even if it's the same person, it's, it's weird. Like, you can't really win because either you're going to get accused of being, um, you know, loving it too much or not liking it too much. It's happening with, with Dead Space 3 at the moment. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, you only gave uh, Dead Space 3 the undeserving score of 8 out of 10 because you like Dead Space. And I'm thinking, but that would imply that you don't like Dead Space because you're Mm. being so critical of it. Um, But if you don't like Dead Space as a series, why are you upset that they've quote-unquote ruined Dead Space with Dead Space 3? It makes no sense. Yeah. The logic doesn't work. Exactly. They're they're an opposite world. It's weird. It yeah. makes me feel weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going on this week. People saying things really confidently, publicly, that just are weird and, and opposite. It's, Why are they, it's, are they been a, yeah, it's been a weird start to the year. There's been a lot of strange things going on. Yeah. Um, you know, we had accusations of racism with Borderlands 2. Uh, that was interesting. So weird weird and a, and a seemingly pretty well-meaning guy who was not being hostile towards Anthony no he's okay he had some an observation and he made it you know right. I, didn't, I don't agree with it but it was his take on it i i interpreted the character differently he interpreted it a different way um but then it got into just shouting again why can't we just why can't we just talk about these things um you know why can't we all just get along and then he ended up quitting his job because his job said, hey, don't talk about this anymore, please. Yeah, that's where it gets really murky, because it's like, first it's implied they fired him for it. Then he says he, uh, then they say he quit because they asked him not to talk about it. Then it came out that maybe they were trying to tell him to never talk about this subject. And that's what got him to quit because he felt they were, you know, imposing on his personal life. Um, it's a weird, it gets really dodgy at that point and strange. But, eh, what can you do? Um, but there was that. There was um, recently a blog by a, a, a black clo- uh, 
cosplayer, a black cosplayer, <laughs> who um, had been getting a load of racist abuse because she dared to cosplay as, as white characters or, or whatever nonsense. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if 2013 will be the year of racism, like uh, 2012 was the year of sexism. And then what next? What next, uh, Jonathan? Uh, classism, maybe? Classism wanna... in 2014? Maybe. Uh, Ageism in 2015? Could be. Get out of my games, 80-year-olds. <laughs> well, we've already got that. People will say, I don't play games for old people, as though that makes them seem more mature. It's always been a weird, another opposite day yeah. thing. Dogs? You know, bro- hmm? Dogs? Dogs? Will, will 2016 <laughs> be the year of dogs? Get, it, get them out! I don't want this dog. Oh, it's anti-dogs. I don't want Nintendo playing to the dumbed-down dog market with their bone-shaped controllers and their games about cats. Get them out of here! Send those dogs away! Troll that dog's Twitter account until he quits! Uh, it's uh, I got into it on Twitter with people about the racism thing. That's a fake geek dog! <laughs> For years, that dog's ignored me while I played Ninja Gaiden on the NES, and now the dog wants to be catered to. Oh, this game's anti-dog. Oh, why is that dog helping that man in Fable 2? The man should be helping the dog. Get rid of the dogs! No dogs in games! 2016, guys, let's make it happen. So, Sorry. What- no, it's all right. Uh, it, it, the dogs we shouldn't have. To, and is Conrad here? Where's Conrad? I, I'm I'm here. Conrad's <laughs> seething, silently seething in rage at the idea of a dog getting its hands on Devil May Cry. Listen, listen to the sound of my voice, Holmes. Can you can you not tell how furious I am? <laughs> how how utterly consumed by the rage of a thousand suns burning within me, threatening to consume everything within my purview. Whoa. The rage in Conrad's voice. It's scary. I am frightened. (laughs) Well, when someone calmly tells you that they're very angry, isn't it scarier a little bit? I think it is. I think it is, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I come across (laughs) as as a pointless buffoon. But when when Conrad's angry, people people pay attention. Well, Conrad is very appropriate when he is angry. Very rarely angry, but right. But you show it when you get uh, frustrated or testy about somebody being stupid. Yeah, you've done it on on Podtoid a few times. It's been been a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, remember those times you gotten like, you know, it's good. Mm. Um, But about racism, I was talking to guys about it, and some guys were saying stuff that um, I can be a bit of a snob, so I was just like, oh, not useful, not useful, not useful. But then this one guy was really useful, and he was getting annoyed at me at first um, because I was saying, I I don't think we should call everything that's uh, potentially problematic that has to do with race or something that might be um, uh, intentionally or unintentionally promulgating an old stereotype. That's not all necessarily racist. It's not all discriminatory or, or bigoted. And he's like, yeah, 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 good point. But unless we call it racist, no one pays attention to us at all. I'm like, actually going to make a, make a distinction. I'm going to uh, say I don't agree with you entirely mm-hmm. on that. Um, I think that racist is an on-off state. Something either does or does not pertain 
to an individual race and be categorized as such. Now, is it derogatory? Is the intent of the term used to uh, defame or injure someone else? That's the question. Right. Racist right. is racist is a is a buzzword that we use inappropriately to assume that all things that are racist are necessarily by nature by the very virtue of being racist is somehow wrong. I think I I think we're agreeing. I just did bad. We are we are agreeing. I think okay. it's the I think where you say these things aren't racist. I think we need to be clear that these things are racist, but may not be harmful. I'm sorry. Or maybe only in a scientific sense. Or all I'm implying, all I'm all I'm inferring from this is that the American economy is in the state it's in now because of duplicity from Das Juden. <laughs> was that? <laughs> I'm, that's all. That's what I was. I mean, I'm all rounding them up. I, I mean, okay, if you think it'll help. <laughs> rounding, rounding who up? Das Juden. No, I because of no, the schemes and cabals. No, that's no. that's just what I, I. Is that not? I may. Oh, I may have just avoided a terrible catastrophe. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. round up. Destiny. I'm not. Yeah, I. Not again. Not after what happened in 1994. Oh, oh, my school shut down soon after. Uh oh, dear. What yeah. happened? What happened then? When I started the Nazi party in Britain. <laughs> it was short-lived. It was just in the Bexley Heath area. But it, it, it's it's a, it was a dark time in Kentish history. I wow, I had no idea you were the you started the Nazi party in Britain? I was the new Führer of the uh, London borough of Bexley. In 94? Yes. You were like 16 or something then. Or younger. Uh, yeah, I, I was probably 10. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. Um, which, you know, a lot of people said. I mean, the man's racist and has been responsible for many, many deaths. But at that age, bit of a wunderkind. <laughs> Did you have a little mustache and stuff? Did you, like, go whole hog with a little Hitler thing? Or... or... Um, I went one step better. I actually had a whole hog that I made go with the Hitler thing. <laughs> Porky Hitler. Oh, Porky Hitler. See, I, I thought that might have been like, you know, like your Ava Braun. No, no, that was a bear I had called Eva Bruin. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. I have no idea where any of this shit is going. Herman Oinkles? Yes. Oh, that boy. That was quite good. Um, Nazi animals. This is a surprising. Yeah. 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 What a twist. Yeah. (laughs) And and every now and then I go back home and and return to my mother's house and go in the backyard and to bit yarden back. Sorry, the German coming back up. Go in the back garden, pay homage at the grave of Joseph Gerbils. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh no. Oh dear, animal-based Nazi jokes. Potsoy doesn't get any lower than that. I don't know, it's pretty sophisticated. It's uh, <laughs> By our standards, yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, Jonathan, how yeah. many condoms can we fit in your ass today? Oh, God. None. <laughs> Good. Uh, moving on. Uh, what else happened this week? Uh, there was the Xbox rumors that you posted today that uh, 
It's going to be, you can't play used games, and it's going to be online all the time. That got yeah. people talking. Yeah, I started really confidently this morning. Just, this is all bullshit. This is never going to happen. Then I get fed a few little things that make me doubt and think Microsoft might be stupid enough to do it. Um, but who knows? I think it would be fucking suicidal. Um, but for those who don't know, yeah, it's been rumored that the, the next Xbox is uh, going to be online only. Like it's it like very much like DRM on PC games, um, on certain PC games. It's going to be always online, always connected. You're going to have to have an activation code for a game you buy, and then that disc is basically useless on any other system. Um, they're the two really big bits of of rumorish stuff that happened. Um, both of them just seem fucking short sighted, even by Microsoft standards. I have a really hard time imagining an online-only system. Mm. It would be re- there. There are so many barriers, so many barriers right. to that. I mean, the 360 is—I I forget how many it sold. It sold quite a lot, but of that number, only a percentage of them are online. There is a significant chunk that aren't. Um, America it's, uh, itself, its broadband infrastructure is pitiful. Fucking mm. pitiful. I mean, there are many people... I mean, I'm in the South. There are many people who don't live too far from me who are on fucking dial-up. I know people on fucking dial-up, and I weep for them every night. Uh, but it's true. that the, the internet situation is not such that I think it can support that. Um, people say, oh, well, it worked for Valve, it worked for Steam, but Steam's not trying to sell you a box, not yet, anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Even that, even the, you know, talk about the Steam box. I've got doubts about that. But Steam as a service, it's available to anyone with a computer and an internet connection. Um, but trying to sell a whole new box to someone who's already got that and say, this is what you need to play games on, better find an Ethernet cable, I, I, I can't see it working out. As, and download caps, you know, I mean, Netflix and stuff are already trying to fight that battle, let mm-hmm. alone a console market that's already in trouble restricting itself more and, and, and imposing more restrictions on consumers just makes no sense to me. Mm, it doesn't, but if Microsoft is thinking, well, we want to just make maximum profits off every single person that buys one of these things. So let's say the next Xbox only sells you know, 50 million units lifetime. But every single one of those persons subscribes to the new Xbox Live, and every single one of those person feels, even one of those people feels tied to buy one of our exclusives. That's, you know, that and then they never that they choke out the used market, so no one buys any of their exclusives used. And I mean, they may find a way to turn it into profit for them, regardless of whether mm. it works for the broad, broad consumer base. Because they, you know, with Microsoft, this whole Xbox thing is still kind of an experiment. It's not like their main um, money-making source. So they may take a huge risk this time just to see if they can pull it off. And then if they make tons and tons of money off it, then they can laugh all the way to the bank. And if it doesn't work out, they can just be like, eh, we still got Windows. We still got everything else we're doing. We can just... I don't know if they're that confident with that shit at the moment. Um, Yeah, I wonder. Big Uh, companies and huge risks... They don't go hand in hand, especially at the moment. Mm. I just can't see them being so bold as to take massively sweeping risks like that. And especially, like, exchanging its customers for the sake of making more out of a smaller user base. That Mm. goes against what I'd expect them to do. I mean, again, I could be totally wrong. They could pull a swerve. If they do it, 
everyone else benefits. Sony benefits. Mm-hmm. Nintendo benefits because there will be a ton of people who say, "What? Fuck that! I'll buy the competition's console this generation." Mm. You know, so either everybody's going to do it. You know, Sony's going to do. If Sony's, we've heard rumor that they might implement something like this before. Um, if Sony does it and Microsoft does it, it could work in the console market to a degree. Yeah. Although interestingly, Jack Tretton actually said he's not interested in doing that. Now I know. Exactly. I do know that. Um, you know. What an executive says. Yeah, what, what Sony Japan is, says versus what. Yeah, I know that's you know. different, but but just working with what we've got to go on, Sony is the only group that's actually come out and said point blank what their view is on that idea. Mm. And just looking at the information we've got now, Sony is against it, according to Jack Tretton, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, is bullshit as he may be and as as not representative of sony japan as he may be he's not just some random schlub and Uh, he wouldn't want to say something that would make him look like he knows nothing in a year if he could get away with well he's a sony executive i think they're required by their job (laughs) to do that a few times per year that might have been one of his freebies but who knows but i'm not sure if sony will do that i know like the online pass, these little bits here and there, that's that's more these publishers' thing. They don't like to take big risks. They don't like to totally change their business model. They like to bend other business models to suit them. And mm. and just something that dramatic as a game, that a, a system that is basically now just Steam, but can only play a certain select few games and can't be modded and doesn't do everything a computer does. It doesn't seem their style mm. uh, or like any of the style of a big game uh, platform holder. But again, I could be wrong. Um, but as Conrad said, if they do do it and they're the only one, everyone else is going to win. Um, I mean, I wonder people are so loyal. I mean, that's what I think Microsoft has been taught this generation is just how loyal people have become to the Xbox brand and to Xbox Live. and I mean, uh, uh, what else could they have learned from their failure rates just being tolerated and the, the, you know, the general consensus being that the Xbox 360 is the console to own this generation, despite the fact that it's the only one that charges for online and, and has you know caused people to have to rebuy the console so many times because they... They melt, um, and yet people still swear by it as as the very best console. Um, mm, true. So I, but think, think of it this way, okay? Mm-hmm. GameStop is the largest retailer of games in the in the United States, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to walk into a GameStop, and you're going to see the PlayStation Four section. It's going to dominate an entire fucking wall because it's the new games and then three times as many used copies. And then you're going to look at the tiny Xbox section and it's just going to be the new releases because that's the only thing they can sell. I mean, on sheer store presence alone, it's going to push the the Sony product or the competing product as a superior alternative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, I also don't think the console makers are as bothered about the used game market as the strictly game publishers. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it would make sense, like what you said there, like it would make more sense for them to allow used games for that shelf space. And I don't imagine Microsoft or Sony or, or even Nintendo have so much loyalty to the third parties that they're going to totally risk their own business for the sake of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's why I think just allowing things like the online passes works out much better for them because it allows them to still stay in the good grace of GameStop. It allows them to keep good relationships with publishers and they don't really lose too much. I wonder mm-hmm. how uh, the loss of the uh, used game market might impact DLC sales too. Like, do people buy DLC of games that they purchased used? I think so. That, that would be interesting to find out. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, like so much with this, like when it comes to piracy and used games, there's no numbers for any of this exactly. shit. We just get told what, what people want to tell us about it. Um, so who knows? I, it, I have no doubt that Microsoft and Sony and, and Nintendo have spoken about these things and dreamed about these things and stuck things up their ass while whacking off thinking about games that block you sales and draw all money to them and, and everything's done online so they can watch you at every step. Well, uh, not Nintendo. Nintendo clearly does not think that way at all. Oh, Miiverse is pretty. Cool. No, 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 no! I'm not. That's not actually a complaint. I, I, I think was I saw um, somewhere a comment from I. I don't know if it was Iwata. Uh, yeah, I think it was in the financial uh, in a financial call to investors, saying he doesn't understand why this cloud gaming thing is even interesting to people. Yeah, like they just don't. It's not even in... They just think it's completely alien. They can't imagine why anyone would want to do that. And And another thing that interested me with the Wii U was um, you got Ninja Gaiden Razor's Edge and Mass Effect uh, 3 and all this stuff. No online passes. Yeah. Mm. And that's... So here with Nintendo, I guess we know where they're going to stand with this. Yeah. They don't seem bothered. Um, But the, the thing I was saying this morning was if... If we do get these consoles that are always online and, and have no used market and must be done digitally, it's going to be the best advertisement the PC gaming market's ever had. Because at that point, it's you've got a console that costs a certain amount of money um, but can't be upgraded further, um, has a, a very definite gap um, glass ceiling on terms of visuals and, and what it can do, um, and is owned by one single company and you can't play around with it, doing the exact same stuff as a PC now with the exact same bullshit and restrictions, but obviously you can mod stuff. Stuff goes really cheap um, with Steam sales and whatnot. You've got GOG with DRM-free Jim, old games. Jim, wait a minute. No, you've, you've hit it. That's it. That's how they're going to expand Games for Windows Live. They're going to kill the Xbox business and drive <laughs> the Windows 8 games. I've got this image of Bulmer with an Xbox under one arm and a live grenade in the other. I'm going to do it! Because <laughs> that's what he does when he talks. He just rolls his tongue out down to the floor and goes... <laughs> and then it blows up. And, and the other Microsoft executives are like, God damn it, he's done it! He's sacrificed it all! <laughs> he's dead too, Balmer? Yeah. Yeah, he just blew up. He blew himself <laughs> up um, and ascended to heaven to um, 
to save the Windows games for Windows. And he yet he is canonized as the patron saint of games for Windows. <laughs> and it was worth it. That'd be beautiful. I'd like to see his little ghost floating up there. <laughs> Halo. Yeah. Just heading up to heaven on dragon wings, going <laughs> Balmer. That's what he does. I've seen him do it and he looked at me when he did it. He had an eye on the end of his tongue. Whoa. Whoa. He, is. he looks yeah. like a he looks like a fucking metal record album. <laughs> Cover. Heavy metal, yeah. Yeah, he looks like heavy metal artwork. That's <laughs> what he is, heavy metal boomer. Yeah, he's uh, he's stocky, he's strong, he's uh, feisty. He's not I'm imagining him like shirtless with leather <laughs> spiked cuffs, uh, or like wristband things, playing a guitar, yeah, choker. He's yeah. he's not a hunchback, but he walks like one. He's got like a reverse mohawk. You know, yeah. So he just spikes out. <laughs> yeah, he's intimidating. Yeah, he's he's the worst man. <laughs> we all don't want to be like him. <laughs> sure. No, no, most you know, of us. But he is fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. we try and avoid being Steve Ballmer uh, no. at, at the best of times. Yeah. Steve Ballmer's money isn't worth being Steve yeah, people love him though. He's he's beloved by some. So, okay. I'm glad he exists. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. an object lesson for everyone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. What? Huh? Ah, I was gonna you. I was gonna talk about other stuff, but we can talk about what you wanted to talk about. Oh, I don't know if you want to talk about what I want to talk about. Sure, I do. Of course. Do you want to talk about what I wanted to talk about? Yeah, why not? Okay, well, let's just have it for the record. You wanted this. Oh. <laughs> that was the saddest little noise. That was like the little hobo. Somebody made a little, uh... That was a snort. Oh, my wife's calling me. God damn it. What a weird... That's like a, uh... That's an emergency. Yeah. When she calls. It's like you're... It's a Zim emergency. <laughs> You're good with the word thing. Hey, wordplay's my business. Yeah, it sure is. It That's my bad. How sleepy you are. Oh, so you've been staying up reviewing those video games? Oh, damn, I have been. But I'll tell you what I've been doing that's more important. What's that? Uh, I went to the cinema the other day. Uh-huh. To watch that Mama. Uh, Mama? Oh, yeah, Mama. The Del Toro film. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty good, actually. Looked up, right? Yeah, it's not scary, but it's got a, like an actual real ghost story feel to it. Not one of those just we're going to be horrific and scare you, um, but an actual just a, a sad story involving a ghost. Um, good film, but but the thing that caught my eye was the bit before Mama. Um, I don't know if you've been to the movie theater, Jonathan, but they've got these things called trailers before them that show you bits of other films that aren't out yet that you might want to see later like a preview yeah all right yeah um preview as in you view it pre viewing it okay like a view before a view yeah yeah like a pre view essentially sounds Um, interesting and that one of the previews for films was mm-hmm. this new one coming out in, I think, April. 
looked mm-hmm. very exciting. It was called Jurassic Park 3D. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. Now, I've never heard of this film. The idea of an island full of dinosaurs. <laughs> Get out of town. Yeah. Je- Jesus Christ, Steven Spielberg. What are you smoking? You're smoking some of the ecstasy, mate. You fucking <laughs> madman. You fucking loony. I've seen it. I've seen the uh, the original. Oh, well, did you pirate it before it was in the cinemas? No, no, no. It's old. It came out in, like, 94. So it, uh... No, 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 no. It's coming out in April. I think this is a re-release in what? 3D, three dimensions this time. This time? Uh-huh, this no, time. No, 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 the film's called Jurassic Park 3D. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, uh, they're, it's out they're, in April. They're, uh, they're taking a movie they already made, so they don't have to like put a budget and, and time and energy into making a new movie and just putting out another yeah. movie that you've already got access to, but this time, if you put glasses on, it kind of looks like parts of it are sticking out at you. Oh. 3D, 3D re-release. They so did it's it with, an old uh, film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it. I saw uh, Jurassic Park is a movie that I saw, and the sound turned off, and I was grateful. Ah, when was, was that the, out? Ninety, I think it was ninety-four. Ah, that's why I, I didn't see it. My army had burned down all the movie theaters in Britain. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have heard of it. Wouldn't have heard of it because whole of whole hog Hitler. Yeah. Because of whole hog Hitler. <laughs> uh, only joking, of course. I know full well what Jurassic Park is. Sure. Uh, but it is coming out in April, 3D version. And that ah. got me to thinking. Mm-hmm. We've got a real opportunity here, you and I, Jonathan. We do? We've got a real opportunity to capitalize on the hype surrounding... Because we were too young. Too young and foolish back in the day. To capitalize on, on Jurassic Park mania when it first hit in 1994, the year of our Lord. Because we were not the high-class influential businessmen we are today. We didn't have capital back then. We have capital now. We didn't have you back then, Jonathan. We've got you now. I didn't have me back then? I didn't I have, have you now? back then. That's I, I didn't have... And because you didn't know me, you hadn't realised your full potential. You were like normal Saiyan. Now you are Super Saiyan because of me. That's great. Training you. I'm, I'm ten times gravity and you've been training on me. <laughs> on my big so fat I... belly. You've been doing Kaiokens on it. Uh, quick aside. Podtoid listener, Slow Holmes this morning told me he was really excited that uh, we were going to be together someday because once I said I would have sex with you, he claimed. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I... Mm. Well, I'm just telling you right now I wouldn't have sex with him. And he's like, come on, yeah, you would. You're in denial. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then he was like, would you at least hold hands with him? And I said, no. I, well, I'd, I'd, if he was uh, feeling wobbly or something, I'd, I'd help him across the street. And he went, oh, my God, that's good enough. Oh, that's the cutest thing I've ever. I just want a picture of you two making out. I'd frame it. And he was, like, all excited about us having uh, some sort of any sort of uh, physical and emotional connection. But the more sexual, the better. Oh. Really that's, enthused. That's sweet. Um, but you definitely did say you were going to have sex with me. I really don't think... And it was a legally binding contract. That was a verbal (laughs) agreement, and you don't break a verbal agreement. Otherwise, the rest of the mafia will break your cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oof, no. 
I don't. It's not not in my plans. Sex. Mm, it's it's not in your plans. <laughs> anyway, speaking of plans, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Jurassic Park 3D is coming out. Uh, what are we gonna do about it? I don't think anything. It's a uh, it's a little annoying that it's coming out. It's making it so people aren't excited about sequels or remakes. There was a time when sequels and remakes were actually exciting and people had optimism about them. But these days, it's like, oh fuck, yeah. they're making a new. They're making a sequel to The Shining, written by Stephen King. That's gonna suck. And there's no reason to think it's gonna suck, other than people have been trained to think that every time uh, something makes a comeback, it is just for the cash and yeah, ab- to crap. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. We're not going to have a discussion about films and reboots and remakes. Okay. Um, I think the audience listening have pegged onto that fact about five minutes ago. Uh, no, no, we're going to talk about something else. Um, I've got a surprise for you, Jonathan. Where? What is it? I own the real Jurassic Park. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Where is it? It's not on an island. Really? No. Can you guess where it might be? Uh, well, it's a park, I hope. So it wouldn't be in anyone's house. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> why it's, the heck would... It's not in anyone's house, I guarantee you that. <laughs> it's, it's not? No, it's in your garden, Jonathan. Uh, Welcome have... to Jurassic Park! I don't have a garden. I have a backyard. Jonathan Holmes, it is Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes, the dinosaur Jonathan. I can just see you in a white suit with uh, an amber-headed cane. Yeah. Oh, I, I get to be the uh, the Santa guy. No, no. no. I'm the Santa guy. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you heard the song. Right, listen to the song. Did you not hear him say, welcome to Jurassic Park? Clearly. That's me, right? That's me. You're the Santa guy. Yes, and I'll be running around your garden just going, it is Jonathan, it is Jonathan, Jonathan Holmes the Dino. And um, don't worry if you heard anything what I said in that. It's all right. Uh, I will invite... Famous archaeologist Sam Neill to come round to your garden. I'm going to send him a letter. I'll tell a tell a lie. I've already sent it. Uh, I said, "Dear Sam Neill, you are an archaeologist. I like that bit when you threatened that fat boy with a big dinosaur claw and said you were going to fucking get him afterwards. Um, you're the oh. kind of man I need to endorse Jurassic Park. Come round. Sam Neill's going to read that. He's going to say, "Well, this beats being Merlin." fucking sign me up and he'll send me back a letter that says fucking sign me up and i'll i'll say come on come on sam neil you come to the park i will send a letter to brundlefly and i will say dear brundlefly i liked it when you did a sick on that sausage and ate it uh, i would like you to come and endorse jurassic park and he's gonna say fucking great will jonathan holmes be there and i'll say brundlefly yes he will uh, so they come we invite the the men, women, and children of Boston to your house. All of them. Uh, every single one. I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna be a huge campaign. This is massive, Jonathan. I don't think you, I don't think you understand. Jurassic Park 3D is coming out in April. We need to get moving on this shit. We're going to send letters to every single house in Boston with your name, address, and photograph. 
and say, come here to this man's house. You see, you have to have, you know, you have to, you have to get a lot of people to come through the doors to fund a theme park. I mean, this is not, this is not some yeah. nickel and dime operation we're running here. We have got to be really pulling them through. So, yeah, I, I would expect um, most of the surrounding county. To, to be uh, to be our, our target demo. I'm going to be honest. Just for the launch. Jonathan, this has cost you a lot of money. I was thinking that. Yeah, this, this has cost you a lot of money. Genetic engineering is not cheap. Yeah, so we send the letters to everyone. <laughs> well, just how am I supposed your, to prepare in my backyard? Don't ask questions. I've got that in hand. Mm. I've got it sorted. Um, I, I've sent your name, address, photo, email, uh, all your personal details to everyone in Boston. Um, I've told them that I've broken the locks on your door so they can just come in whenever they like. Uh, you're okay with that, right? No. Yes. I, I don't want my cat to get out at the very least. Oh, don't worry about the cat. Why? I've got the cat sorted. <laughs> what does that mean? Don't worry about it. Uh, Sam Neill arrives. Brundlefly arrives. Um, Haley Joel Osment arrives. Laura Dern, can you invite her? She was good in that one movie. Yeah. Citizen Ruth, I think it's. Yeah, called. we'll yeah. we'll invite Citizen Ruth. Okay. Uh, all the all the excited children of Boston have turned up because I promised them Jurassic Park. I said, come to this man's house for the Jurassic Park experience. I'm wearing my white suit. I say, welcome to Jurassic Park. We've got Conrad Zimmerman on a laptop on a stool outside your garden going, hold on to your butts, like that. I actually know even better. Conrad has a big hunter hat on and a shotgun, and he keeps shoving it in the kids' faces going, clever girl, like that. <laughs> right? He is Muldoon. He's going to be hunting the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> this is where it gets exciting. I say, welcome to Jurassic Park. And I look at Sam Neill dead in the eyes and I say, we've got a Jonathan Holmes. And <laughs> Sam Neill says, oh, what did you just fucking say? You've got a Jonathan Holmes. And I go, we have a Jonathan Holmes. And he gets really excited and bangs Laura Dern. Just has straight, Whoa. full sexual intercourse with her right on the floor in front of the kids. I think that's how the film went. But no. we're leading up to that. We no. bring the kids around your garden. And say, Welcome to Jurassic Park. Uh, here we have a Dogosaurus. And it is your dog with the spray paint green on it. And it is walking around. Oh, that would be... A, that, can we just use, like, monster paint or something? I don't want it to get sick. Uh, spray paint. Oh, okay. Your cat has got two paper plates stapled to the top of its head. So it is a Dilophosaurus. No, we can't. And, and I've been, I've been feeding it cheese and chocolate, so it vomits everywhere. And I say, look out for the Dilophosaurus's spit. It'll spit you in the eyes like it did to the fat guy. In um, he was fatter than me, so that's okay. In I can say it that way. Uh, in Jurassic Park, it spat in him because he tried to steal stuff from me. Oh, the Newman guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, uh. That's what your cat is. Your cat is that. Is the is the Jurassic Park music just playing the whole time? Like, da, 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 with yeah, just a buffeting. As I said, it, it's going Jonathan oh, <laughs> the whole time. Jonathan's a dinosaur, like that. Uh, we let them look at cat being. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is. It is pretty funny. We let them look at the cat being sick until it's night time. Could take a few hours. That's a long time. I fed the cat a lot of chocolate. So it all evens out in the end. I dare say the image of a cat fucking up is going to be endlessly amusing. My cat throws up a lot anyway. It's one of my favorite things to witness at home, I'll say. Yeah. They do it a lot. My cat has a tendency, he gets really excited to have new food in his bowl. And so I'll put food in his bowl. And then he'll eat too quickly and upset his stomach. And then vomit back up. The completely unchewed food. Oh sure, yeah, <laughs> just it. it's just you know just a solid. It's like uh, uh, like a nut log. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, that happens. I, I I I know that story well. And once you get a dog, your dog becomes attuned to the sound of a cat vomiting and considers it like a dinner bell. And I have to hold <laughs> my dog down when she when she hears my cat's vomiting she uh she needs to be strapped down cuz she's so excited to eat that vomit immediately <sighs> anyway and i'm sorry that is the yeah. kind of magic i want to bring to jurassic park <laughs> let's let the dog eat the, your cat's vomit for the the lovely boys and girls we'll say you know this this is a scavenger dinosaur. It primarily eats the vom of, of the Dilophosaurus. Here you can see the delicate balance of our ecosystem that we have cultured. It recreates accurately what the world was like before man stepped foot upon it. Imagine such a world, if you will. If you will, Jonathan. But anyway, it's all exciting. Um, yeah. At that point, it's nightfall. And I look at everyone and say, fuck. The Tyrannosaurus Rex. Because <laughs> 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 something bad's happened. Because I will go, fuck. The Tyrannosaurus Rex has escaped. And it's I at that point, it's... the big finale comes up, right? Do you want to kill the goat or should I do it first? I don't want to kill any. I was just thinking today. You don't have to kill the goat. All you've got to really do is is pull one of its legs off and throw it at the audience. Pull a leg off of a goat? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the, the big thing, because you're going to come out in just your underpants and plastic vampire teeth in your mouth, and you will shout, Rah! with your little, with your hands, like, tucked up in front of your nipples with two fingers poking out, like little T-Rex hands, and you'll stomp around, you'll go with your mouth you just have to make the noise with your mouth you'll stomp about and I'll put a glass of water on the floor and I'll say can you see it rippling kids and I'll kick the glass of water at the audience uh, so that they're proper scared and we've got a, a dead goat lying on its side covered in flies and you've got to like put one foot on the goat's neck I would I would suggest and grab its back leg and pull really hard. Now, now you'll probably want to like tilt your head down so that you can sort of give the impression that you're doing this with your teeth and not with your little stump hands. Uh, but yeah, leverage is going to be really critical uh, to pull this maneuver yeah. off because you want to pop it right out of the socket. Yeah, and they, oh. the goat's been dead for a few days, so oh. after some initial resistance, the rest are just slough off. Uh, that's it you keep making noises like that and you're gonna have us convinced you're a dinosaur in no time um i know what you're worried about jonathan i know what you're worried about they're not gonna see you do it with your teeth but it's all right i have 
I am shouting at the audience at this point. He's doing it with his teeth. He's doing it with his teeth. And, and if, if they give us any fucking lip, Conrad just aims the gun threateningly at them and says, you better fucking believe that he's doing that with his teeth. Be impressed, please. Clever um, girl. Exactly <laughs> like that. Um, so once you've yanked the leg off, which as I say, really, I mean, as soon as you hear the snapping noise, the rest's just elbow mm. grease. Um, you just have to throw it at, at the kids to excite them. You throw it at the kids and then look up and go, ah, I'm a dinosaur. What do you think of that? Uh, it's terrible. The goat. It's not I... really. Um, we give the kids. We give the kids a big sheet of, of clear, cla- uh, clear plastic, or maybe just a riot shield, and you then charge at the kids and push them to the ground and start headbutting the riot shield uh, while they're looking up through the plastic at you, and you just start trying to bite through the riot shield while shouting things like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you little fucking prick. You little shit. I'm going to fucking kill your mum. Like that, just to really give them the, the scary thrill of a dinosaur attack. And you start pushing the riot shield down. Just push it down, down. And, and, and pin them under it. And really, like, like put your whole weight on top of the shield um, with the kid under it. And just start, like, bashing it and, and punching it and shouting, You fuck, you fuck, you fuck. I'm a dinosaur, don't you see? <laughs> but, uh, everyone loses in this scenario. Because the, the kids are really... This is not thrilled. Thrilled. No, terrible. And and me, I feel awful about myself and my life. And the children feel like they're going to be killed, which is bad. Only temporarily until Conrad shoots you with the paintball gun. (laughs) Then I'm just in pain paint on me. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I could get a tranquilizer gun. Oh, that would be even better. That'd be nice and peaceful for you, Jonathan. Well, that yes, at that point, I'd rather be unconscious. Okay, we'll do that then. Um, Trank him um, after he's punched the riot shield about five times. Um, I need you to tell you that now because I won't be there at this point. Right. Where, where will you be? Far away. <laughs> In the <laughs> helicopter? <By> helicopter. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a sort of helicopter. A bicycle. <laughs> but I'm shouting helicopter as I drive it away. I have to admit, set to the Jurassic Park music, all of that's pretty funny. Pretty believable, yeah? <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> you little shit! <laughs> that, that, is, that is pretty funny. That's a good idea, isn't it? It, it's a it's a very funny idea. Yeah, yeah. we've got till April. I've said, <laughs> it's, it's funny in theory. I don't want to do it in real life because the crimes and just the bad. And, Always uh, saying crime like it's a <laughs> like it's a real word. I don't even know what crime means. <laughs> I know, Con- yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan, who decided right that it's illegal to pin children under riot shields and threaten their mothers and lives who decided that who decided that it's against the the what was it the law i didn't vote for it against the law 
that a, a grown man can't stomp around in his underpants while another man threatens children with a gun and another one kicks full glasses of water at small children. It, you're right. It's, it, it is, it's not just uh, illegal. It's also just it's mean. See, laws, laws are just a, a fabrication of a fallible man. And, and I personally believe in a higher power. Yes, yeah, Jonathan Holmes. Yeah. I the way I look at it, Jonathan, I give God ten percent. Why can't I threaten a child with a riot shield? <laughs> <laughs> you've paid your you've paid into the system. Now it's time for you to get a payout. You say <laughs> get something back. Yeah. Well, you gave God your ten percent. What does that even mean? Like ten percent of your time, or don't worry about you get concentrating your, you, your income. That's a standard tithe. You in, get caught up in the little things, Jonathan. That's you true. don't see the bigger picture. I am kind of detail oriented sometimes. Certainly God's not sake. with my proofreading. But... We would never make Jurassic Park. We would never have gotten as far as we've gotten if we we spent time worrying about little details and health and safety and morals and the law. I wouldn't do half the things I do in life. If you worried about the details. Yeah. yeah. If I was worried about what some Washington fat cat has decided is illegal. Or what some hypocritical priest has told me is immoral. Or what some fancy medical degree having doctor says is harmful. Yeah, yeah. Or what some some highfaluting professor of physics says is impossible. <laughs> well, I like... This is America, Jonathan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in this great country... In this institution, in this land of dreams, my opinion is far above your facts and your laws and your sense of right and wrong. Is this not the greatest nation on earth, Jonathan? Is this not the country founded by kings? Is this not... The envy of the human fucking race. I ask you, get in your underpants and threaten the shit out of some kids. <laughs> ah, yeah. America's good, and I don't want to be bad to kids. Un American. Uh, <laughs> Un American Democrat. Fuck off. Go to Canada. Probably a terrorist. <laughs> Absolutely a terrorist. You're terrorizing my sense of, of, of success and adventure, which is in the Constitution. The Constitution says... Success and adventure. Adventures need to happen, or else you did bad. Yep, it's, it's the first Jim Endment. <laughs> Why not? Why not have Jim uh, Institution and Jim Endments? Why not? Yeah. I'd like to read them. You wouldn't like to obey them. No. Yeah. If, if I got to rewrite the Constitution, most of it would be about you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, the right to bear homes. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but I'd want that right. Yeah, other people are with you. You have, as I know, a lot of people that are very excited about you getting what you want and me not <laughs> Getting at one point, you were just you know off the cuff having some fun, 
saying, oh, I've got all these extra glow sticks from the uh, Dead Space 3 review. I wonder if I should stick them in Jonathan Holmes' skin. And then I was thinking people would go, oh, Jim, that's you shouldn't do that to your friend. You shouldn't stick uh, sticks into him. Oh, of course not. No, they were like, oh, that's a, yeah, yeah, do it while he's sleeping. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll hold him down. You, you get the, you know, just like, what? Why are funnily you? Funnily enough. What funnily, is this world? Yeah. I did have a few people imply that that was, that one was too far. Of all the things. Only me. I am, I, I, I know actually, you said I crossed a line. Uh, uh, which, if I'm honest, made me just think about doing it more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I bought some glow sticks to make my Isaac Clarke bucket helmet for the Jimquisition. And I, I, yeah, I sellotaped some um, glow sticks across the front of a bucket and put it on my head. Instant Isaac Clarke cosplay. Uh, cost effective, brilliant. Uh, the the uh, downside is I now have a ton of glow sticks. I've got a ton of glow sticks... And a Jonathan Holmes without glow sticks in him. This is a problem, uh, but I've got the solution. Put the glow sticks in you. No, that hurts. I don't know why. Because my skin has nerves and has uh, health. It's supposed to have a certain level of health to it that'll be diminished with sticks in it. I I have a thought. You do. Since we have Brundle fly in town already. Mm. He's a pretty good guy. We could just have him teleport the glow sticks into Jonathan Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make it hurt any less. We can put you in a teleporter with glow sticks and you could come out as like like Holmes stick. <laughs> Jonathan, that would Jonathan never Glomes. be a flashlight again. Jonathan Gloams will call you. <laughs> oh, I do. oh, yes. This is brilliant. Um, look, oh, no. look. Right? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite comic book? The X-Men. Who is your favorite X-Men? Wolverine. He's all right. This is, he's your favorite X-Men. He yeah. has knives coming out of his hands every single fucking day. You can stand to have me make a few light holes, a few light piercings in your skin, and thread in glow sticks in your arms and neck and thighs. Ouch. I just want you to be my sordid little glow box. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I want you to walk around my house full of glow sticks with your mouth open, and I can just put things in your mouth, and I'll say to people, "This is my sorted little glow box." I'm not. There's so many reasons why. I mean, even. Uh... I know what you're worried about. The glow sticks are gonna run out of glow eventually, and you'll look like a pillock. Don't What's worry. A... I've. Once I've made the small incision in the arm, right, I'm going to prop that open with a, a bent paper clip so it doesn't heal. Ouch! And then I can just use another, like, a safety pin to just stab... They're like cartridges! In there, yeah, yeah. I just stab in there with a, a safety pin and hook the glow sticks when they're used up, pull them out, Thread in another one. And the best thing is, is if we do it on the elbows, I won't even have to snap them before I put them in. You can do that as you play. As I play? What am I... I'm just yowling in pain all the time in my life now. There's no playing. There's just... Oh! Oh! Why? That's just my life. You'll be in my house. (laughs) That's true. There'll be some free Pringles in it for you. I do like Pringles. There you go. Everyone's a winner. 
I've got my little glowy man just playing about in my house. This is probably extreme enough we could get Mountain Dew to sponsor it. Yeah. You know, when some Podtoid listener (laughs) decides to kill me (laughs) because they thought it would be fun for you, uh, you will... You will hear this. Uh, you'll read the news, and you'll immediately be devastated with shock and grief. And then you'll have one twinge of me like, "Wow, they really, wow, they really listened. They really did it." <laughs> oh, I feel terrible again. Oh, I shouldn't have said all those things. Poor Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> I must admit, Jonathan, uh-huh. if if it, if I'd heard that you had bled out. After someone had tried to, like, insert glow sticks into your esophagus and failed horribly and brutally. Mm. And they pulled your your mangled but distinctly funky-coloured corpse out of your house stroke crime scene. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would be devastated. I would cry, probably. Yeah, I bet. For my good friend Jonathan Holmes, I would be sad and cry into my... my wife's arms and I would want to go to the funeral and say some words and and make it a bit fun Um, (laughs) but as sad as I'd be and as as grief stricken as I'd be part of me just a a tiny part a tiny totally not nasty part would laugh Mm. because you just can't believe the world is what it is just to see it in real life the results of an idea carried through to completion by mm. one plucky and let's be honest, brave Podtoid listener. <laughs> brave, sure, that's yeah. a word. Yeah. That I'm is not, a word. I'm not saying break into Jonathan Hunt's house, <laughs> strap him to his bed with belts, and then just shove glow sticks with with like. <laughs> like razor blade sellotape to the front of them to try and dig them in. I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying if someone ever did that, I'd be hard pressed not to give them my grudging respect. Right. You'd hate them for killing I, your friend. I, and I would show up at every parole hearing. Yeah, I'd show up at every parole hearing and I'd scowl at them. Right? Mm. I'd just scowl at them. But once during each session, I would have to give them just a tiny half thumbs up and a mouth. <laughs> just a tiny one. Just a little. Half thumbs up. Just, just, I'm, just, I'll mouth at them. I'm fucking pissed at you, but well done. <laughs> and I'm not wow. to do it. Please, for the love of God, Podtoid listeners. There are easier ways to earn Jim's respect. Yeah, to yeah. carry out one of our convoluted plans that I really don't think most of these would end in in, in Holmes's demise. Only like twenty five percent. Yeah, a lot more of them are mutilations. Yeah, or just permanent. Yeah, yeah or imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, burns. Yeah, uh, destruction of problems. prophecy. Dead pets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are like, oh, I want to, for the Podtoid wiki, take a picture of where you live so we can know. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. If you don't do it exactly the way it was described, 
no respect. Oh yeah, you're, mm. you're just some some psychopath. You weren't really paying attention. You're just some fucking Joe Schmo lunchbox six pack ham and egger, whatever that is. But, oh, God, if you could do something with Jonathan and ham and eggs. <laughs> what does that even mean? Just, just stitch ham and fried eggs to Jonathan's face. It's just... Oh. And, and we'll just parade him around Boston as the living breakfast. <laughs> I don't even like him. You could get on Oprah. I, I could not, no. Imagine I could, Oprah, <laughs> imagine I Oprah get introducing Oprah. Jonathan Holmes the living breakfast. That would be... sit down and say, hello, I'm Jonathan Holmes, and I was born with a very rare condition uh, that makes the skin on my face ham and eggs, genetically. <laughs> she'll, be like, she'll be all like, um, oh, well, that looks tasty. Can I have a lick? And you say, lick my face, lick my face, lick my, lick my, lick my face. And she starts licking it, and, while, and you're like dancing in the chair, just going, lick my face, lick my face. Lick my mouthies. Lick Lick my face, and the audience is clapping along, just going, lick his face, lick his face, lick his, lick his, lick his face. And while Oprah's licking your hammy, eggy face. Yeah? Yeah, you'll be in a time person of the year. (laughs) How did the old Oprah music go? Like, you know, it's lively, a little funky, sassy. Picturing that music to her just the, the eating new, my face. The new Oprah music will be lick my face. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Oprah. She She'll means well. Poor about it. She'll fucking love having a little eggy ham-faced boy. <laughs> <laughs> be her new son. Oh uh, wow! This has been a, quite an episode. I should do the question soon. I think. Uh, I don't. I really don't want to die. And. <laughs> I get people, they... they... That's a tall order, Jonathan. That's an arrogant order. I know. I don't want to die... I don't want to die a premature, unnatural... I should say... I I just don't want to be murdered. That's not that much to ask. (laughs) So you heard it. You heard it from Jonathan Holmes. He just... Make it look like an accident. (laughs) Oh, I don't... Jonathan Holmes just doesn't want to be murdered. (laughs) Just. (sighs) So everything else is on the cards. No, don't do anything harmful to me or anybody else. But at least me to start with, right? It's like Alistair Crowley. Above all else, do no harm. That wasn't Alistair Crowley. No, I think that's the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. (laughs) I think think Crowley was something like, like, do what you want. Uh, No, you're thinking of Anton LaVey, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Was that Anton? Oh, what did Alistair Crowley say? Was it just uh, was it remember. just bugger me with this stick? <laughs> Crowley wrote a ton of shit. Yeah, um, just whatever Crowley said applies. Well, maybe, maybe Crowley did say do it thou wilt, but I know that Levey appropriated it at some point. I'm sure. Sh- yeah, I'm sure it was something like like so long as it harms none, do as thou wilt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so long as it harms none. <laughs> Nuns harms, then it good. So don't, don't hurt me. Don't Holmes pain do for killing him, Glowstick. <laughs> and as Crowley said that. <laughs> yeah. No, just don't bother me or make me sad. That's all. I don't bother you and make you sad, at least not on purpose. And if I do, just tell me. I'll apologize. It's never my intention. But yes, people, don't 
be bad to me. Yeah. Whoa, that Super Bowl commercial. I didn't watch it before. <laughs> but now people are saying we should talk about it. That's one of the first Podtoid questions. Yeah, I had a lot of people link me to it after the fact. I saw it. I'm well, just seeing I, it now. I, I well, linked a couple know. days uh, ahead of the Super Bowl because I had seen it uh, on the TV or on, on some video site or whatever. Uh, I thought it was a really good ad. It made me furious. Really? Well, I'm still trying to. I'm a minute into it now that he's running away from girls. And he's on a racetrack now. I'm watching yeah. with the sound off. So I there's don't... no more Willem Dafoe until the end. But here's what pissed me off, right? Because I'd heard before. Because obviously anything that Willem Dafoe's vaguely involved with, I get ten people telling me it straight away. Sure. As soon as the news breaks, um, and I was told Willem Dafoe's going to play the devil in a Super Bowl commercial. You can't tell me that. Without me imagining Willem Dafoe, buck naked, painted red, giant horns, <laughs> braying and barking like a dog for 15... Oh, I hit my microphone emphatically then. For 15 minutes straight, just... I'm the devil! Buy a fucking car, you idiots! That's what I wanted. That's distinctly what I didn't get. See, I'm, I am personally the... the... Uh, the sexy devil, the the seductive um, uh, figure that always appeals to me, and and yes, Defoe is weird, but it was nice to see his sexy side for a change, and it was nice to see him try and uh, and do something that 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 really you know, he's a little smoky, and and there's something creepy and off about him, but he's not a bad looking dude, and it, I thought the ad was was fun. That's the kind of devil portrayal I like. I. I understand why you might have preferred a more um, tenacious D Dave Grohl uh, takes off the Dave Grohl mask devil. But um, I really like that more um, uh, Al Pacino in uh, uh, Devil's Advocate, Devil's Advocate uh, or, or um, what's the uh, Mickey Rourke movie? Uh, there's a Mickey Rourke devil movie? In there, some in, like a long time ago, or am I thinking of who am I thinking of? I, th- I think right. it's just called the big Mickey Rock Devil movie. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing with that portrayal: the smart, the suave, smooth, you know, stylish devil. They didn't pay you royalties, Conrad, for that. That's what pissed me off. <laughs> That's your shtick entirely. They stole that oh, yeah. from Podside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dar, I, uh, dar. So the commercial was good. Yeah, yeah. Like it. why yeah. not? We liked it. It it we could have been better if we made it, but we liked it. Deacon Ross asks, and oh, and by the way, that uh, was for from Racing Freak. So thank you, Racing Freak, for asking us about the Willem Dafoe Super Bowl commercial. Deacon Ross, uh, Deke Man on Twitter, wants to know if we know of any differences between the Wii U and PS3 and 360 versions of Aliens Colonial Marines. I don't know if we can talk about it. I'm curious if there's any differences. Oh, I know the differences. Um, But I can't talk about it until February the 12th. Well, that's pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's early in the morning, though. Like, really, like, graveyard shift. So don't worry about pre-ordering until um, you've you've seen that. Don't worry if it's... If you are on the fence. Uh, Just just, just wait and read the, the review. Are there differences, though, between there them? Might be. There might be. Okay, yeah. we'll find out. We'll find out soon. Good to know. That's exciting foreshadowing. Uh, Matt Court, 
Matt the Chimp, just for me, is asking when Teenage Pokemon's going to be finished. I'm hoping that the next episode will be finished on Friday, actually, and then we'll come out the next week, but I'm not quite sure. So uh, thanks for asking. I'm going to try to hype it up a little bit that that's coming back. At least four more episodes. Uh, hopefully they'll be good. Uh, Peter Shaper, VG Freak 1225 We all know him well. Oh, we all love him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he's asking, with uh, Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, a previously Nintendo-published game heading to 360 PS3, do you see the same happening to Bayonetta 2? I don't think so. I think it's possible, but it's pretty unlikely, as from everything I've read, Bayonetta 2 really wouldn't have happened at all without Nintendo, whereas Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, eh, that would have maybe happened anyway. It's part of the course for Koei. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Bayonetta. I mean, again, it's possible, I just I don't see it happening yet I, at all. If it really bombs and Nintendo just doesn't care about the exclusivity of it, and just thinks, ah, do whatever you want with it, then uh, maybe there'll be more money in it for Nintendo, the publisher, to let it go than to, to hold it. But, but if it does well and ends up being kind of uh, a symbol of the success of the Wii U and what the Wii U is worth, then then they won't let it go. That'll be up to Nintendo. I don't think they cared about Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. It didn't do all that well, and the reviews weren't that good, so they were just kind of like, eh. That's my guess. What do you think, Conrad? Nothing? I, I don't have any expectation that it's going to leave the Wii U platform. I think uh, the game will probably perform alright, mm-hmm. but um, it's I don't, I don't expect it's going to do too terribly well uh, commercially, and I don't think anyone's going to be all that even interested in getting it ported to other platforms after that. Mm. Uh, it's and I think I think that doesn't mean I don't think it's going to be a great game. I expect it probably will be um, a lot of fun. I love the first Bayonetta, and I'm really looking forward to playing it. But uh, it's a niche game in a lot of ways, and I, I just I don't expect it's going to be viewed on Wii U. And with a you know a soul release on Wii U as a success to the point where I think uh, other people are going to other con- the other, that the other consoles are going to feel jealous. Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out. Uh, I don't think Anarchy Reign sold all that well, from what I've been told. Um, really not sure if that brand of game has a big audience at this point. But Bayonetta is a special case. Bayonetta resonates with people in a different way. I want to play Anarchy Reigns a lot. I was just thinking the other day, you know, I mean, I love the fact that it came out of that $30 price tag, that mm. we need more games that do that. Um, we we should have, uh, you know, uh, one, two games a month that come out at that price point, I think. It makes sense, because you're addressing a market that, you know, you can get your sales in there uh, on a low production value game, still provide value for the customer and give something that will give some competition to those $60 AAA titles. People think, oh, I don't want to spend 60 bucks for another game this month. It just makes sense to me to, to try and, and address that niche. And But then if the games that are in there aren't producing some good sales, it's not going to work out. I think Anarchy Reigns is probably a really great game. It reviewed fairly well, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, haven't. I don't have thirty spare dollars to spend and support it right now. Well, so. yeah, someday you, you yeah. might. 
uh, it's it's a weird double-edged sword because when you release a game at thirty dollars, it also says to people, "Oh, this isn't you know a top-tier game. This isn't a triple-A game worth paying attention to." So, on uh, one audience just immediately abandon it, uh, abandons it, while another audience who's more thrifty and uh, more focused on really reading up on their games before making a decision might like it after they read the reviews. So that's a thing. Uh, Hilda. Tildy asks who our favorite Transformer is. Her favorite Transformer is Starscream with Hot Rod as a close second. Hot Rod? Really? I didn't think anyone liked Hot Rod. It's alright. Judd Nelson played him in the movie. Got some good lines. You guys got favorite Transformers? Um, I My affinity for Starscream is, is it runs deep. Yeah, it's um, beyond you are Starscream at least <laughs> once. Um, sure, why not? You were that time in that show. I was. I, I did do him in the the Screw Attack death battle. Yeah. Well, I just his ghost apparently wasn't good enough for the the full thing. I beg to differ. Um, but I've also got a real soft spot for the Insecticons as well. Oh yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, the echo, how they say everything kind of twice yeah. in here. Electrons, electrons. <laughs> Yeah, they're quite good. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. I always liked Ratchet because he helps people, and I liked Cliff Jumper because he was only three dollars, and they <laughs> had more of him. Bumblebee was always sold out because he was popular in the show, but there's always tons of Cliff Jumpers lying around, so I thought he was good. Do you even like the? You even I like the tape deck? Oh, Sound Scream or Blaster? Soundwave and. Uh... I, oh, sorry, I mixed them up. I had the Autobot one. I don't remember oh. what his name was. And I wonder he transformed if they thought he was a little, racist. Like, handheld radio and had the cassette, and the cassette itself was a Transformer also. And sure. Turned into I don't remember. Movie. Yeah, I didn't remember his name. I think I had Optimus Prime as a kid, too. I watched the show, but I really don't remember anything about it. I wasn't that attached to it. I think I liked Mask more. Mm, Mask was really good. And, yeah, was- I think- yeah, I think I like that more. And then I was really into Captain Power. Captain Power, not Captain Planet. No, Captain, Captain Power. Power. Yeah, it was like a, it was a TV show. It was like this dark dystopian future where you know there was the the whole world had been taken over by machines, and there was a rebellion force, and there were these toys that were sold along with it, and they were light guns. Yeah, and, like ships, and you would point them at the screen and play along during the TV show, and you could earn points by hitting targets and so forth, and they sold VHS tapes so that you could play the episodes, and I used to record it every week, um, and you know, and just sit there in my living room and, and play them back over and over again. Um, I found some of it in a box not that long ago. I and remember... There was a period when, when kids' TV shows were all trying to be interactive in some way. Well, and this was really edgy and dark and, like, I don't know. It's kind of, there were adult situations, sort of, I mean, at least relative to programming aimed at a, a kid's audience. It was an interesting program. That didn't last too long, though, did it? You must have watched those Two same years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 20 episodes or something. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, good memory. You remembered it. I wouldn't have remembered it. Uh, Jordan Ross, that kid from Hull on Twitter, wants to know what series if brought to the Vita would shift a lot of systems. I don't know. What is there? Just one series that you think could get the Vita picked up and moving again? I, and, and if so, what would that even be? Halo. 
Yeah, that's what <laughs> it, it would have to be like Mario Brothers or something. Like just blow everyone's mind and and um, reframe their idea of what the Vita is completely and show them that it's yeah. I just I don't know if it's right off because so many people have just said eh, wait for the price drop or exactly I don't it's think it's a thing. I don't think it's a franchise thing. It's mm. uh, this this costs enough as it is, and then those memory cards are just jamming it up my ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, a complete. It's just a, a, the wrong fit for the wrong price, and hopefully they'll work that stuff out. Yeah, also. a singular franchise isn't going to fix it. Uh, if they do, a, you know, they're going to need more software. Yeah, so it's going to there's going to have to be a a better software focus and a price reduction, and those are the things that are going to fix it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't. They're not going to put out uh, a God of War or a Metal Gear or uh, I don't know. Um, What's some decrepit and forgotten Sony franchise? It's funny you would say that because I was just thinking. Well, that one way they could get people my age to buy it is to try to cash in on our youth, or or I don't want to call oh, it this nostalgia. Yeah, but if they were to bring back all of the PS One series that we loved so much fifteen years ago or so, if it was just like Ape Escape. And uh, I'm Jammer Lammy, and uh, Parappa the Rapper, and uh, Jumping Flash. And I know I'm not alone on that. Yeah, they uh, can't even get the PS1 Classics ports done fucking right, though. So <laughs> They more they or less gave make... up on that, updating the store to put them all on the Vita. Yeah, they, they had a huge rush at first, at least in Japan, and then dribbles everywhere else, right? And now it's just kind and of it's just. I think like one or two unheralded go up like now and then when Sony feels like it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, Tomba. If they brought a new Tomba. If they just went all out with the PS1 stuff, they could cash in on people who'd kind of forgotten about PlayStation but used to love it. Yeah. Because there, there are a few people like Here's that. Here's one way they could do it. Although they could have done it. I think the boat's passed. If every single PS Vita came huh? loaded with a copy of uh, the last Twilight movie and it was the only way to watch the new Twilight movie... It probably would have done all right. Yeah, that would have helped a little bit. It's got to be something other than video games, though, because uh, whoa, forty-six questions came in. Uh... Good grief! <laughs> uh, here's one from CJ Melendez. He wants to know what Sterling, what Jim Sterling, thinks of Tom Hewlett's departure from Konami and its effect on Silent Hill. I don't know if you do. You know Tom Hewlett? Um, decently well. Yeah, I like Tom Hewlett. He's at uh, Way Forward now, I think. Yeah, I like Tom Hewlett, which is why I couldn't be happier to hear that he's left Konami. <laughs> I'm happy... F- I'm, even people I don't like, actually, I'd be happy for them if they left Konami. I wouldn't wish that on anyone in the industry that I didn't even like. Wow. Good for him. I wonder what effect it'll have on Silent Hill, because Silent Hill, you know, each Silent Hill game, each of the, the last ones that have come out have gotten a really... Hard rap, but even the the worst of them was kind of good. And, yeah, and, well, and he the best was. Of them were really good. Yeah. He was single handedly blamed for everything that went wrong with the franchise, as seems to happen. You know, I think gamers find it easy if they can find a single person to blame. It keeps it simple. Mm. Um, I get the distinct impression that with everything else, Konami's fucked up. No single man was responsible for any of it. Mm. Um, but I've had I've, I've seen some people celebrate now that. Tom's gone 
Um, but if if you think that his departure is going to suddenly fix all of Konami's problems, then I do feel sorry for the situation you've put yourself in. Well, the thing about Silent Hill is none of the recent games are even all that similar, are they? Like Downpour, Homecoming, Shattered Memories, and Book of Memories are the, the last four, right? It's gone pretty schizophrenic, yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place. So you can't say, like, oh, here's the problem with Silent Hill now. You can say, oh, they've tried a lot of different things with Silent Hill, and I maybe didn't like all of them that much. But you can't put it on one person or one thing that the series has been off. It's just, you know, it's in in different hands now. It's a different entity creatively. So, oh, 50 new questions. Rats. Well, anyway, Tom Hewlett's going to be on uh, Subholms, I think, in, what, April? Cool. You remember when, Conrad? Yeah, so we'll talk to him about those. Make things. sure it doesn't clash with the Jurassic Park opening. Okay. <laughs> 51. How many more questions do you guys want to do? I don't know. Um, Two? I got, a, I got an empty house this evening, so I'm not that pressed for time. I could do a party few extra. Party What'd you say? I said party at Sterling's. Oh, wow. That would be full. Why don't you have a party, Jim? Have us all over. Hey, yeah. dude, parents are out of town. Let's throw a kegger. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Partly or not, I wouldn't be cancelling the wanking plans. I'd just do it around you all. <laughs> oh, when I was in... Yeah, when I was in high school and we'd go to house parties, there was this guy, uh, he was like 26, and probably a pedophile. I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, but he had this house. His parents had... Just for whatever reason, decided to leave Arizona, and he didn't want to go, and so they said, well, you just hang on to the house. And so it, it, it over the years, just become completely wrecked, and the living room was a concrete floor, and so we just rolled a keg directly into the living room and just worked from there. And the place was just a rat hole. And even in that place, there was a guy uh, who will remain nameless, because maybe he's cleaned his shit up, I don't know, but he would be naked, <laughs> at every party like it was no big thing you know uh, you know an hour in two hours in you could tell oh he's gotten to four beers now because the clothes just can't come off just just disappear all of a sudden he just walks right through <laughs> completely unperturbed by the fact that he's naked and after about the second or third party you you feel about the same way about it it's just oh i see he's got his buzz on cool and on with your life <laughs> yeah, it's funny how social norms can just change. As long as you know the person, you're like, oh, it's just them. Uh, speaking of that, Almost Gay, uh, Sean Minier, he's at Almost Gay on Twitter. What? <laughs> you keep asked, reaching for that finish line. Yeah, yeah, he could get You'll there. You'll get there, yeah. You just believe. <laughs> you just gotta believe. Uh, he is asking something a lot of people have asked in these questions. What we think of the idea of this Half-Life and Portal movie as uh, with the J.J. Abrams connection, which was announced today, that that might happen. Is that overambitious, he's asking. Other people are just asking if we're excited, asking if Willem Dafoe should be in the movies, that sort of thing. <sighs> it's hard for me to get too excited about it either way. I don't have a particular affection for, for Half-Life and Portal, I like to play the games, and I like the voiceover. I think they're cute. But uh, to me, it's more about playing them than, than really the story, the, the mythos of that whole 
Black Mesa world. So, yeah, I don't care at all. I don't want to see those movies even a little bit. But if they're great, then sure. But on premise alone and creative team alone, I'm not at all excited. I liked Lost a little. J.J. Abrams, I didn't like his Star Trek movie very much. I have no affection for him. I'm a little sad he's going to be doing Star Wars. I have a feeling he's going to make it worse. So, yeah. That's my feeling. What do you guys think? I really like that Super 8 he did. I didn't see that. I heard it was good. It was pretty good. It was a really nice throwback movie. Felt like an 80s, 90s kind of one of them movies. Mm. I was a little disappointed when Alcatraz got cancelled. Like, it wasn't a great show, but it seemed to be moving in some interesting territory, and I was curious to know more, which isn't usually the case with Abrams shows. Like, uh, I'm going to wind up watching Fringe now because it's over. But um, Lost didn't. I've tried like half a dozen times to get through the first season of Lost. Oh, it's not. I just, I'm just not. It just does not maintain my interest. I need to try Lost. I've I saw one episode of season two, and I didn't want to watch any more because I loved the idea of my entire opinion being formed on that. Um, but I really should go back. I've been curious about it. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's not like it's poorly shot or anything like that. You know, there's nothing a particular thing about watching it that I can point to and say this sucks. Because that's mm. not the case. It, it's not? perfectly fine television. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it can't maintain its hold on me in visual form. I have read essays about Lost and you know I know everything that happens in it. Mm. That's not a problem. You know, I went and found that out because I was interested enough in what was going on surrounding it and the furor and the interest that everybody had. And despite my best efforts, couldn't get into the series. So the least I could do was go and, and kind of get some analysis and, and opinions and, and so yeah. forth. It's interesting ideas in the show, but just getting the ideas through the show was a bit of a chore sometimes. It doesn't work for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some people love it, though. That Topher Cantler, our old friend, he loves that show. So, uh, yeah. Well, people asking about Tiny Tina some more. I don't know. Yeah. You guys want to talk about it anymore? You got any strong feelings about it? Yeah. Not really. It's it's kind of done now. Mm. Um, I think the general consensus is it, it. the Tiny Tina character isn't very racist. Is Is Blaster racist? From Transformers? <laughs> uh, let's say yes. <laughs> Do you remember in the movie, I know all of his lines pretty much by heart from the Transformers animated movie. He goes, look out! Shout! For no yeah. reason. <laughs> there was that weird bit when he told Megatron to get crunked as well. <laughs> yeah. Look, he says, uh, he's a racist. He hates Decepticons. Yeah, they yeah, are. It's a race racist. war. It is a huge it's race all war. all a race war. Yeah. I was watching like clips of, of Skeletor from He-Man, and he's racist as fuck. Really? Like, Against it's, not, it's not okay. It's not okay to just constantly have a go at Beastman based on his race, his, his upbringing. Like, like, sure, hearing fairy fall, like, once. You think, okay, all right, all right, just the once, you can get away with it. But then, you know, just fair brain nitwit. Just on and on. Just you furry asshole. Go back to furry stan. It's like, no, Skeletor. It's not okay. 
They should bring that show back. Just the original creative team, the original animation style, original voices, just original everything. Just yeah. new masters. The original toy marketers. Everything. Just want it back exactly. Yeah. As and it. Merman is that that's his race. You don't just call yeah, someone what they are. I don't just call like I wouldn't name someone in my organization black person. Like you are black person. You are Asian person. It's uh That's not cool. Yeah, I feel uh, now I have to announce that we had a whole bit on Teenage Pokemon about that. I don't know if we're going to do it now, but if I if we do do it, I'm not stealing it from Jim, you guys. No, no, I stole it from you, Jonathan. Did you I, really? I, 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 Jonathan, look, when you're asleep... My dreams? When, yeah. when, when you're asleep, I like to look at you. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes you say things in your sleep, and I think, I'm having that. There's a Mr. Mime. He gets all mad when people call him Mr. Mime because that's his race, not his name. His real name is Gerald Sebastianelli. I don't know if it's ever going to happen now. Spoilers! Anyway, look, yeah, look forward to that joke not being funny. Now that <laughs> uh, Wesley Martin asks, do you think The Last Guardian will be a PS4 launch title or is it doomed? It's doomed, Wesley Martin. It's not a PS4 launch title. No way, Jose. They no, barely... Yeah. We're all doomed. <laughs> yeah, we're all doomed. And The Last Guardian is especially doomed. And when you're down here, you'll float too! <laughs> that, that was Pennywise the Dancing yeah. Clown talking to The Last Guardian. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good. Um, the Last Guardian, the, the guy spearheading it, left Sony and... It was built for the PS3, and the PS3 is not happening, so they'd have to rebuild it, or, or either that or just release a PS3 game on the PS4, which is the opposite of what Sony wants to tout with a new console, at least. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Maybe they'll pull a Nintendo and release it on the PS3 and PS4 the way Nintendo did with the uh, with Twilight Princess and the Wii and the GameCube. But... Just put it out now, in whatever state it's in, yeah. even if it's two hours long. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Put it on, put it on PC and call it an art game. People will forgive it anything. Oh, whoa, you rascal! I'm not going to touch that because I don't like arguing. That but. wasn't actually a dig at you. Actually, that was a a dig at art games as a thing. I, well, that's the but thing. That then I'd have to argue with you. No, that art aren't a thing, and then yeah. everyone would be bored. Don't, 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 don't. No, I won't. Don't. For both of our sakes. God, I told you this before. I told you this the other day. We can have that argument again when I am dead. When, <laughs> when I'm dead, that can be your eulogy at the funeral. You can get up and just say, well, you're dead now. Art games aren't a thing. And then go. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably... You and Jonathan Blow can hold hands and just skip in a meadow. <laughs> now that it's singing Ding Dong, the witch is dead. Well, you're not the witch. You're a wonderful man. Can you please say to Jim Sterling, I'm Mega Man and I'm going to blast you with my buster in you, said Atari 77. <laughs> what? I don't know why he wanted me to say that. I'm going to blast my bluster, blast my buster in you. Yeah, People want us to make love real bad. It's weird. I, I, I'm guessing they, I think that you symbolize like unbridled, uh, unhinged homosexual passion. <laughs> and I, I symbolize like uh, a stuffy, uptight, like worried about uh, letting loose guy, and they yeah. want you like you know bring me out of the closet and and 
take me to promised land. I guess it's like like you're Mr. Wilson, and I'm the fun-loving, free-spirit Dennis the Menace. Right, with but gay with with sex. More, with gay sex. I'm the I'm the Dennis the Menace of gay sex, and you are the Mr. Wilson of gay denial. <laughs> People tell me, yeah, for a long time, that oh yeah, you're you're definitely gay, and they're almost always guys that just want to have sex with me. That happened to be telling me that. <laughs> they, just, th- they just rewrite the narrative to get what they want. Yeah, well, maybe. And, That's the and, way it's done. That's the way you need to do it, always. It is very flattering that anyone would want to have sex with me at all. So I take it for what it's worth. Oh, history is uh, written by the victor is the way I look at it. Yeah, once they've had sex with me, then I am gay. Regardless <laughs> of whether I want to do it in the first place or not. Anyway, I'm not saying, you know, bad sex. You will enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, and it has to be consensual. I mean, rape doesn't count. No, but it wouldn't. I don't. Anyway. No, I don't find that entertaining at all. No. I, the, just loving you. Right. Jonathan. Deeply. Loving you and, and you loving it is the end game. Yeah, no. He just wants you to feel so filled, so completely and utterly stuffed with his love. Yeah, I want. <laughs> no, I don't want to be stuffed. I want you to to have my love stuffing. I don't want it. No offense. Let's just be friends. You, it's I, great. Will you be my love turkey? No. Let's. Friendship is the way to win, not love. Turkey. <laughs> That's what I think. Make love, not love turkey. <laughs> no, just friendship. friendship. No, you don't have to make love either. <laughs> That was sneaky. You were going to try to get me to say, oh, yeah, let's make love. Yeah. Uh, well, you just said it, and yes, please. I did it in funny, I don't mean it voice. That's how you know. Wow, some people really think that Tiny Tino is racist. They're still talking about it. Saying uh, it's uh, Daryl Skulvania said it was making fun of the way black people talk. I really didn't see that at all. It's uh, I'd have to... I have to admit, I I live in a place, I've always lived in places with a fairly low African-American population, and I don't actually have that much opportunity to talk to black people. But Mm. I have never heard any of them say many of the things that I have heard Tiny Tiny Tina say, and that I have come to understand are slang terms associated with African-Americans. Yeah, And I didn't even... Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I've never heard anyone in real life say badonkadonk, except for me, because it's a funny word. Well, yeah, let's just say, yeah, I've never heard anyone say it seriously. Yeah, it it just sounds silly. I don't... But then again, I mean, by the same token, I'm British, and my cultural background with race and and race differences is very different from... It took me a long time to really appreciate the whole... um, uh, animosity and, and, and controversy with slavery even because that's so ingrained into American culture I was very much an outsider to it uh, so this I mean it's it's strange but donka donk is is such a it never gets said in Britain <laughs> um, well the, the, maybe I'm missing something too does is tiny Tina making fun of anybody? Does she say, like, isn't it stupid when people say badonkadonk, they're stupid, and then says yeah. it? Or Well, the thing is, I mean, Tiny Tina herself isn't black. She's not African-American. No. I mean, I've so... always sort of considered it a joke on the character itself. Yeah, well, I the way I took it, and again, I'm just saying this is my interpretation, 
Um, mm. Not necessarily the only or correct one. Right. But my interpretation of it was she's talking how white people think black people talk. Like, that was mm. the joke to me. More making fun of the way white people talk than the way black people talk. Exactly. Um, and I say this as someone who, um, in Britain, uh, you know, this is where I'm bringing some of my British background with it in. Uh, there were gangs of white kids who thought they were being, like, cool black people. Mm. Um and were just these just nasty, violent assholes. Whereas in contrast, the actual black gangs that that were in London, if I walked past a black gang, I'd breathe a sigh of relief because they didn't give a shit. Because the black gangs didn't care. But the white gangs that went out there thinking they were being like black people um, were violent, dangerous people. It was a weird, weird... Um, thing um to go from that to here where there's people stereotype things the other way around and 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 this kind of stuff and and so anyway that's what how i took the borderlands thing having had lots of experience with with white people and and even knowing in sort of bled over social circles knowing some of these guys that thought they were being black by doing that mm. so they were doing a kind of verbal blackface but because they thought they were cooler by being in blackface verbally, but they were actually just being obnoxious assholes? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole term blackface has a completely different connotation now that there are so many... I mean, when blackface originated, it was white people making fun of black people by pretending to exaggerate their most um, different traits. And then uh, Ice Cube actually did blackface himself to try to flip it around because he felt like he had turned into someone who was doing a version of blackface by just playing up the gangster rapper uh, stereotype for money. And he was making fun of himself at that point. And blackface is just a... That whole term is so loaded with different interpretations at this point that... That anyone who thinks they have the final word on it, like saying this is or isn't uh, okay, and probably, unless it's a really extreme case, they, they should probably back up a little bit and just say, like you did, Jim, this is my interpretation, but I don't claim to have the only interpretation. And then you can have a conversation about it as opposed to just having someone say, oh, this hit my racist uh, checkbox on my list of things that are always racist, like the word badonkadonk. Always racist. All right, you're racist. That's that's no way to be. Got to get rid of that checklist, guys. Dumb. Dumb checklist. Uh, well, we ended up talking about that. I didn't think that would happen. Oh, man, is talking about... His really? Because you brought it up like four times this episode. What? I really ignore you so many times. Well, it's all my fault. I was just the people on the, the, the Twitter feed asking about it. Guys, it's Twitter feed. Don't you can it. you can swerve the steering wheel for as hard as you like, but sometimes you've got to head into that ravine. <laughs> <laughs> They're still talking about it. There's uh, more Twitter things coming are. up. Yeah, they love talking about what is racist. I'm surprised it. because I thought it was one of those things where it was like, you know, a lot of these controversies happen in a day, and then the next day people move on. But this one's... I'm surprised it stuck because I 
didn't really see it brought up anywhere else outside of the posts on, you know, Destructor and Kotaku and, and wherever else picked it up. Mm. Um, but apparently it's still going on in the consciousness of people. Yeah, in, in the Podtoid Questions Twitter, it's going on and on and on. They're just answering their own questions about it now. Um, people want you to sing something to me? I guess we'll do that after. Now I've got the hiccups. I think I have to end the show. I don't want to ruin the show with hiccups, guys. Uh, we should... Uh, Captain Patty wants to know what he thinks of each shop price of Fire Emblem Awakening compared to the price of retail. And people are asking a lot of questions about Fire Emblem Awakening and Nino Kuni in general because they are selling out and doing really well. And I don't think people saw that coming. So do you guys have any feelings about that? The fact that these games that were seen as kind of dark horse underdogs because the Japanese and kind of traditional are hitting it pretty big, it seems like. Um, no argument from me. It's yeah. good, good to see them doing well. Is it surprising to you at all to see them doing well? I'm... Given how everyone suddenly got really excited about Nino Kuni, mm. I, I mean, I'm surprised that it's doing as well, I guess, but not in a holy shit, what an upset. It's mm. more of a, huh, cool kind of yeah. reaction. Just, that's cool. That's cool. Um, see, the thing I've, I've disliked, because people think I hate Japanese role-playing games, Mm -hmm. Which isn't true at all. The thing I've not liked lately with them is how a lot of developers shifted the goalposts um, and and tried to change and improve the wrong things. Mm -hmm. uh, I had no problem with Lost Odyssey. It was turn-based combat, random encounters. Okay, cool. Um, they stuck to tradition in that area and then worked on other things. Got a really nice soundtrack, got a really nice story. Uh, Japanese role-playing games are so reliant on their stories, and a lot of those have become so so trope-laden and predictable, while developers mm. worry about reinventing the wheel with their combat systems. Um, so to see Nino Kuni do well when it really is just just a gestalt of traditional RPG stuff, but has a great look, a great story, um... And just a real sense of charm. That's very validating to me. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, in general, I think... What I hope uh, Japanese developers take from this is that if you try to be kind of Western and try to be kind of Eastern in your traditions and in your game development, at the same time, you're going to please nobody. Um, that's kind of what happened with Resident Evil 6. That's what I felt about Final Fantasy Thirteen, anyway. Um, whereas Nino Kuni is just full blast, you know, it is Studio Ghibli and uh, Dragon Quest together. It doesn't get any more Japanese than that. And Fire Emblem is just unabashedly an old-school Japanese turn-based strategy uh, RPG, and um, it's not trying to be anything but that. And people, that's what people want. They don't want kind of a weird chimera mishmash of some things they like kind of about some stuff but not others it's confusing and off-putting and it doesn't feel good so uh yeah if you stick to what you know and yeah. stick to what you do well it can go really well so, i mean you know stagnation isn't good but neither is trying to be innovative for innovation's sake um, you know, you'll get someone like David Cage or whoever just talk about innovation like it's the ultimate end game and should be the end game of every developer. And and I'm like, no, no, like you you can fuck up if you're trying to be something you're not. 
mm-hmm. and you're trying to be something you're not comfortable with doing. Um, if you've got an innovative idea and it's it came to you naturally and it's no big thing to try it, do it. Experimentation is awesome, but not if it comes at the expense of quality. Or being genuine. Like yeah. People can feel it when you're like, oh, I thought this would make me money, so I did it, but it wasn't really... Yeah. what you wanted to do with your game people um, that talk about innovation with nothing to back that up who just say innovation like it's a a thing just this this formless concept that you inject into a game they strike me as no less cynical than someone just pumping out a sequel for money's sake mm-hmm. it's just following the checklist yeah don't follow your checklist guys don't put innovation on the checklist just do what you want to do well i'm out of brain i'm out of talk brain how about you guys Talk brain. Yeah, I could do with uh, taking a break. I was Let's gonna wrap it up. Gonna cool. write my Ken's Rage Two review now, but I'm too fucking tired. Ah, oh, so depressing. So they just didn't even make a new game. They were just like, I wonder if they didn't have any money or something, so they just put well, it out again. Koei seemed to be doing stuff on the cheap cheap lately. I mean, mm-hmm. we had Warriors Orochi Three came out. Um, originally was a PSN only title. And that has had no English voice acting, and this had no English voice acting. It does seem like more than ever they're doing things on the cheap cheap. Weird. Cheap cheap. I like cheap cheap. They're flying fish. Yeah, they are. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what are you doing this week, Jim? What am I doing tout, this week? Tout yourself. Tout uh, okay, I have done things. On The Escapist, at escapistmagazine.com, I have uh, Jimquisition up. Uh, called um, something like Dead Space, the best IP of the generation. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Best um, new IP of the generation. Yeah, where I just explain why I personally, um, why Dead Space as a, as a series resonated with me the most this generation. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. Dressed up as Isaac with a bucket and glow sticks. Uh, still got some of them left over, Jonathan. Um, yeah. So that's good. Uh, also, of course, the Dead Space 3 review is on Destructoid.com now. Um, check that out. Ace out of ten. Uh, a step down for the series, but considering the series was already quite high, I don't think it's that. You know, it's not a bad game. I, I still think it's pretty great. Just compromised. Um, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. So the lowest score that any game could receive. So check that out. Uh, also did an article today called "How Nintendo Breaks Hearts with the Dennis System," which. Uh, has rolled in my love of talking about Nintendo with my love of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, which I liked. I really do like Always Sunny. And Dennis my wife and I have been, been working through Always Sunny. I, I introduced her to it a couple of weeks ago, and I guess we're into season four or five now. And she's just, she. I didn't think, she's such a nice person. My wife is like, I'm a pretty disgusting excuse for, for a human Oh, being. no, you're not. By comparison to my wife, who is a goddamn saint. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she watched it. She, they're, they're terrible people. Terrible. You would think she wouldn't enjoy it, but but it transcends. Uh, because they, they usually get what, what, what's coming to them, I guess, is what, what's so satisfying about it. They never but, really win, but they often don't really lose either. They just run away. Yeah. Which is pretty me too. Yeah. She doesn't like it when they make when they ruin someone else's life. That's that's the the point at which it goes too far for her. But I can't remember them doing that. Huh. I'll have to watch they, it. They did kidnap that uh, uh, Hispanic family to do an extreme home makeover. <laughs> and, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. The the break in scene of that episode is art. It, it, <laughs> it's an art game. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, someone asked at the last minute. I guess we should really quickly, in seconds, talk about what we think of this. Uh, Superbot ending and its relationship with Sony and Sony marketing PlayStation All-Stars or lack thereof. That's from Eternal Deadman. I was pretty sad to see that that seemed to have died. I was hoping that that would expand the, the Superbot PlayStation All-Stars um, thing. I was hoping that would keep going and keep getting bigger because the DLC characters were pretty good. It was uh, from Gravity Rush and then guy from Killzone, was it? Who was it? Well, do we, do we know that they're not going to produce more DLC for it, or additional they, content? They are. Anybody? I, 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 it's from pure memory, but I remember reading, oh yeah, there may be new content, but it won't be from Superbot, and it... And that's, but that's not there. that all, un, all that uncommon, either. Yeah. Uh, you know, for one, you know, the developer makes the game, maybe the first DLC or two, and then additional DLC content is farmed out to someone else, and you know, from a cost perspective... I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's really unfortunate for Superbot. Uh, I hope that whatever it is that they're doing going forward is uh, is something new and, and successful. But um, it, it, it's not that all that strange to me that, that it happened. I, I guess I took it harder than maybe I had to, but it seemed like <laughs> this meant harder. You fans would be would be uh, requiring Jim at this point <laughs> to make a joke about how much harder he could be hitting you. But why did it? It's not like anyone really wants to have sex with me. <laughs> anyway. Not this again. It, it's still it's it's all in in in. It's always going to be. Pushing. We got to wrap this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's not turn this around on your you you and your sex again, Jonathan. You it's narcissist. Puzzling. I'm puzzled. You narcissist. It is not normal. <laughs> I don't go anywhere else in my life and have people be like, "Oh, someone said harder." You know what we're all thinking? Uranus. You know, it doesn't happen. Anywhere. No one said anus. Yeah, hey, nobody said anus. Right. I know. I know. There's an anal moratorium. Thank you. For yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I on um, It's open season on your dick though. <laughs> <laughs> on Sub Holmes this week, we have uh, Matthew Walden, former writer for Destructoid. He went on to write for game trailers, TV. He's written for uh, Jeff Kiley. He is a story producer on LA Inc. He's done all sorts of things since working at Destructoid. He actually emailed me and said, I have something I really want to talk about on Subholms, and I think it would be kind of a big deal if you'd be willing to have me. So I said, okay, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but he's got a lot of stuff that he's pretty serious about that he wants to talk about. Uh, so that'll be a thing. That'll be a different kind of Subholms this Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the live recording you can get in there chat with us ask us questions um that's on twitch tv uh destructoids channel on twitch tv and also just on destructoid you can find the post at that time and then we have the rerun of sunday's episode with nels anderson who is the lead designer on mark of the ninja a critically acclaimed 2d stealth action game for the xbox and on the computers it's on there too he was a great guest he was passionate really really good yeah, yeah, it's funny, smart. Uh, if you want to make video games or just figure out how to make a good video game, if you want to hear about how that's done, he definitely knows the stuff 
with his background, he, he started with tabletop RPGs. That's what he wanted to make. And that kind of focus on just design uh, over everything else, over aesthetics, over um, gameplay, really, just the, the thinking of how a game is worked out from a design perspective really paid off for him. That's why Mark and the Ninja worked out so well, from what I can tell. So that's a thing. And I reviewed Little Inferno and Tokyo Crash Mobs and Aereo Porter. And now everyone thinks I only like reviewing weird downloadable games. But I reviewed all them. You can read about it if you want Unstructoid. And I think that's it for me. How about you, Conrad? Oh, I got another episode of Office Chat that uh, just got back from editing, so that'll be about probably around the same time this is. Uh, that's uh, We talked about um, the Ouya going to retail, which I think is, is interesting. Um, and we talked a little bit about the uh, Capcom's About Face on Resident Evil 6. And um, something else that's a mystery, and you'll find out when you watch it. I will. That sounds exciting. Jim! Yes? How can you ever say to me, not this again, to me? What? On pod. How can you... Because every week you talk about torturing... I never said not this again. I just said, oh, it's this again. Ah! I just pointed out that you love talking about people having sex with you. I think you've got a problem. I think think you might be a nymphomaniac. (laughs) I not. I not nympho. I don't. I, don't I not that. nympho. I not. Uh, all right. I just had to point vent on that. All right. I guess I we can end the show whenever you want. You love me? Yeah. Oh, I love you too, Jim. Love you, little boy. Oh, thanks. You too. You too, Conrad. Oh god. I'm really trying to keep my eyes open now. Uh, burst of energy throughout most of this Bobtoid. This is the last of it, I think. Ah. Thank you for listening. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, and thank you to my special friends, Conrad and Jonathan Holmes. For, I can't ever just call you Jonathan. I can call That's... Conrad Conrad. I can call everyone else I know just their first name. You, it has to be a full title. I remember the first time you sang Jonathan Holmes at me. I was really puzzled. And, <laughs> I, and at that time, you were puzzled too. I was like, why are you doing that? And you're like, I don't know. It was like it just came over you, and you, you couldn't... Now it's... <laughs> it came over. Uh. <laughs> I never thought of that. Uh. Anyway, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to say goodbye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Bye.